Welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today it's we're talking about finances. How do you organize your finances? How do you get them together so that if you have a dream, you can start to line up the way you're managing your money or how much money you'd like to bring in with the future that you'd like to create. And we're talking to an expert today. Judith Heft has been working for more than 26 years with people. She, she is a financial and lifestyle concierge, which means she knows all the right people and all the right places to hook you up once you have a financial vision. She's also the author of How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money. Welcome to the show, Judith. How are you? I'm great, Rich. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to it's great to meet you virtually. I this is like the last few years of my life I've been meeting people virtually, and it's been so cool. And fun too. Hey, so the first question I ask people on the show is, how did your heart or your passion lead you into doing this work? That's a great question, Rich. You know, I've I grew up actually. Let me just say, I grew up in the family business and the retail business, and I learned how to take care of people, you know, at a young age and learn how to be a businesswoman. And my passion is really, I started this business primarily working with the senior population, which I call the 80 to 100 plus age group. And I was just, I was close to my grandparents as a young child, I think. And that kind of helped me that I love listening to them. They have a million stories, but when it's your own mother, father, grandparents, sometimes you get a little bored with that and say, you know, that's enough. I heard that 42 times. But I had that patience and I loved listening and helping. And I still have a passion for helping people today. Sweet. I love it. I really love Thank it. Thanks. Yeah. So the topic today is, you know, we, we, we're kind of trying to zero in on a topic, Judith, and I, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what people need to do to get their finances in alignment with their dreams. Because I actually do a lot of work with people helping them figure out what their dreams are. Like my experience here working with couples, for example, is that when one person's a little out of sync with what they want, or both people aren't sure what they want, they start to really question their relationship. And uh, it's statistically shown that 76 of all couples, 76% could be helped to helpful to have that presenter, 76% of all couples fight about money. So this is a really central issue. And 40% of all marriages are driven, uh, marriages, dr divorces, are driven by financial dispute. Not marriages, but divorces are driven by financial dispute. Whew, deep breath. And so you're really a key person in the life of people in relationship. And I'm curious, um, when you work with people on their finances, kind of what's the, what's the starting point for you? Let's figure out where they want to be in life, you know, what their what their dreams are, what their passions are, you know, what their lifestyle is going to be so we can help them create a spending plan. I like to say spending plan. I like it. It's nicer than budget. It's not as intimidating. So we try to help our clients, you know, create a spending plan so they know what they need to plan for the future. And one of the things that you said really resonated with me, all well, two of the things you mentioned uh marriage and money, you know, fighting and divorce, 40% of all divorces, you know, are problems with money. And when I first got married, one of the things my sister said to me is, you guys are only going to fight over money and kids. So I was like, no, you know, we're hippies. We're not going to fight over anything. Well, money was a big problem and kids, you know, too. So that money issues, we just, you know, never were able to sit down at the table and 
have a business meeting. I think running a household is like running a small business and you really need to know your numbers no matter what. If you have a lot of money or a little money, you need to understand them. Yeah, what's amazing is that so many people run their business the way they run their households. That's very true. That is so true. I I am an entrepreneur, have been an entrepreneur most of my life, been in a lot of different kinds of businesses. And I remember the aha moment when somebody said, you know, you could plan your business's growth. You could monitor where you're spending your money. You could figure out how to more effectively use the dollars that are coming into the business to create more dollars coming into the business. You know, and that was sort of like, what, really? And I always did everything by the seat of my pants. Uh, and that moment was pivotal uh, in, for me as a business person and at home. So typically, what are the kinds of things that get in the way of people being organized about their finances? I think the most important thing is communication, especially if they're in a relationship with somebody else. You need to both be on the same page. You need to sit down and have meetings. Same with your business. You need to have meetings with your business team. I actually, in the beginning, well, before I started this business, I was in the retail business, uh, family business, and I ran that business by the seat of my pants. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of this business, I ran it by the seat of my pants, my marriage. The finances were run by the seat of our pants. And it just doesn't work that way. You can't get ahead. You know, it was for me, it was also an aha moment of like, how am I going to make this? How am I going to grow here? How can I grow this business and and still have the lifestyle that I want and be working on the business, not in the business? Well, in order to do that, I have to plan my numbers. I have to know what's going, what's coming in and make projections. So I have to know what going out into each different category and the same for business is personal you need to know that stuff it's important okay so i love the topic of communication we punch this a lot with people that there's a difference between having caring communication caring communication is like a, caring communication is a piece of intimacy um caring communication isn't just for relationships though it's in your business as well you know there's a whole model for leadership in business now which is about being in service, uh, being a servant-led uh, leader, like a servant-oriented leader where you're making sure that, basically making sure that everyone on your team inside the company is winning as well as all the clients are winning. It's a really, it's a really interesting approach to business. Um, and communication is so central in that. So what kind of communication would you recommend around a spending plan, around finances, around planning lifestyle for couples? the first thing you have to know is, you know, you have to take a look at maybe your last six months, a year would be good, you know, six months and figure out what am I spending on what, what are my expenses, what are my fixed expenses, and then what are my variable expenses, and then sit down and really take a look at them. I think today, with so many people swiping credit cards, or now we're all at home, we're just punching those numbers in, or we're using Apple Pay if we go out, we're not paying attention. You know, we're not, you know, so many people don't even um, reconcile their checking accounts. And so they just really don't know. They trust the banks. They trust the credit cards. And, you know, banks and credit cards make mistakes just like everybody else. They're human people doing the work. So you just need better understanding and know, pay attention. I check my accounts daily. Every morning I go online to make sure everything's on the up and up. A client of mine had an experience recently where they didn't realize that they had, uh, uh, like a $5,000 buffer on their checking account. So every time the checking out was over, it was like a, a credit that the bank, a, a credit account that they get, bank gave them $5,000 they could draw on 
when their when their credit when their excuse me their checking account was overdrawn and they didn't realize that they when they'd gone to the bank they had signed it it's like they just got to the bank and pushed the papers in front of them the banker probably told them but you're signing 500 papers got right by them and what happened was over the course of a year, maybe a year and a half, they had drawn on that $5,000, drawn on that $5,000, and they didn't know it. They got no, well, they probably got notifications and didn't see it is probably the truth. They said, I got no notifications. So they said, the bank didn't tell me anything, but banks generally don't operate that way. They get something out in front of you, but it may, might be organized in a way where you might not realize what they're saying, especially if you're unconscious that you have this. And lo and behold, after a year and a half, they hit the limit. And the bank then turned the $5,000 over to be collected. Uh, their credit rating went down. Then the bank decided, because it was the middle of the pandemic, that they were going to write off half of it. So they wrote off with it. And the client says that the bank never notified them of any of this, which I guess is possible. I don't know. I'm not in there. But the bank wrote off $2,500 of it, and it banged their credit rating, which is something they had been working on aggressively to increase. And so now they were really awake. And so, you know, that's just an example of how when it comes to dealing with banks, if you're not really paying attention, you know, things can get by you. And I, again, I don't know how much of this was the bank and how much of this is the client because I didn't ever see the actual documents. I just have their story. Yeah, because there's all those little teeny tiny check marks that you don't see and you check them or you initial them and you're not really paying attention because you just want to get everything organized. It's well, so important to read. This client's, um, MO is to just check the balance and see if they need to put money in that account. Right. right. That's all they really did. And they never looked, I, I, I would guess they never explored, you know, when you, when you go online now, there's 52 different buttons you, where you can look at and see what's going on with all the stuff you have going on. Or if you haven't asked to have that stuff included in your online report, like I've got multiple accounts, but if I don't ask if I don't request that those accounts be available when I go online for my business account, if I don't ask that my personal accounts be viewable also, I won't ever see them. I have to log into them separately. And it, so it's fully possible. You could have a $5,000 line of credit. That was the word I couldn't find that the bank signed you up for. And if you haven't asked for that to be on viewed, when you go to your look at your account, you'll never see it and never know. So you've got to be really almost litigiously meticulous about uh, what you're viewing and how you manage this stuff today. That's and very because true. It's so and easy, because it's so easy to look at those bank balances, I think it's even easier to say, why bother to check my checkbook? If there's money in there or there isn't. All right. Exactly. So anyway, that was, a, I digress. Long discussion. I apologize. So let's get back to Judy Heft and what you do. So you help people. First, you said you need to look at six months. And I, folks, I did this. I took a year and I downloaded it and I spreadsheeted. It. it was a real pain in the neck. If I had just gotten QuickBooks, it could have all downloaded in there automatically and it would have, I could have segregated it easier, but I'm a bonehead. I wasn't going to pay for it. So I sat there and on a spreadsheet segregated it all. And I'm going to warn you that the first thing you're going to do is go, like, I'm That's spending so this much eating out. I'm spending this much. She, he is spending this much at that store. And your first reaction is going to be sort of shock. And then when you think about it, you're going to go, you know what? That looks like a lot of money, but as a percentage of what we spend, it might not be so bad. So I encourage you to look at it and think about as a percentage of what you're spending, is it really reasonable? Is it really, you know, it might be totally reasonable to spend a few thousand dollars eating out over the course of six months or a year if you're a big family. And it might be necessary if you're both working just to like get yourself some space. All right. So that's my warning. When you do this, 
warning. You're going to have an immediate reaction. It's going to be, how do I get my pennies back? And you want to resist that. You want to have a more open mind. And Judith, when they do that and they have that more open mind, we hope, what's next? You know, one of the other things we look at when we do this, and maybe this is the next step, let's see. So, you know, so many people have automatic deductions of things that they don't even know they have anymore. They signed up for something. It might be a gym membership they haven't used in a year. They just don't pay attention. You know what? I've seen things where people are paying $30 a month for AOL services, and they just didn't notice it. And it's not only, if, you know, it could be any age, young people or their kids. I had a, an instance once where a, uh, a teenager was paying for these games on iTunes. They didn't know they were paying. They just kept clicking, you know, game, 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 whatever it was, the app. And then it was thousands of dollars in one month. So we did get that. You racked up $1,000 downloading music and he just didn't realize it. And we, we wanted to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen that. So, you know, there's lots of things that we take a look at. We do a little forensic bookkeeping and help our clients, you know, just really know is this important? Do you need this? You know, are you still using this membership? Whatever the case may be. And then we kind of sit down together with them and come up with a nice spending plan that seems reasonable. I don't want to tell somebody you can't be spending, you know, X amount of dollars on clothes. You got to cut back, but we'll help them figure it out and see where their priorities are, which priorities are different for everybody, of course. Yeah. And I've heard, um, people who help people with their lifestyle, with their lifestyle in terms of the clothing, you know, they help people make you might want to bring someone like in if you're spending a lot of clothes you bring someone like that in and they'll help you go through your closet and figure out what are you using what are you not using they might help you make some rules about uh, you know before if you're going to buy something you're going to have to get rid of something instead of just having it accumulate 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 so you only have clothing you're actually using et cetera, et cetera. but that's not what judith is about but that is a way to start monitoring to become aware right and i think that your point is we get so unconscious about what we spend Awareness is the first step. Absolutely. You have to be aware of what you're doing, what you're spending, and then you have to accept that that's what it is and figure out where can I cut back without depriving myself? Well, we don't want to have people feel deprived. So this is a lot back. like 5S in, in, in uh, the Toyota system. We love to, 5S is like sort, set in order. Um, and part, the first part of sorting is you get rid of the, like, you got to get rid of the junk. You know, and so you're getting rid of the financial junk. Oh my God, we're both paying for an Amazon Prime membership. Let's get rid of that. We get rid of that. This might be more question. We both have platinum cards. You may both want to have separate platinum cards, or should we put them together? You know, and it depends on what you get or don't get. Them separate. I'm sorry. I'm separate. Keep them separate. Okay, Judith says keep them separate. Thank you. I needed help with that, and we we have them separate so far. But you know, there's there's all kinds of decisions that you're going to make about is is it really worth? Are we do number one? Are we paying for things that we don't know we're paying for that we don't really need? Number two, are we duplicate paying for things? And number three, um, then I guess you would start to look at what you're actually spending. All right, so you're at this point where you've got awareness, you've been sorting and setting in order and shining and all that good stuff that comes with you know with uh, organizing any business or your life or whatever. What's next, Judith? the next thing we have to do is like track everything starting now like you know after okay we came out we eliminated we got rid of the things that we don't want that we're not using and then we have to really take a look at what we are spending and try to you know come up with a budget going forward mm, a spending plan that. so 
spending plan. <laughs> I stuck the word budget hey, in there. We were talking about that before the show. And obviously, well, not obviously, maybe not so obvious. The difference. Budget to me feels like I'm keeping the money for me, which is, which, you know, when you die, isn't going to do you any good. Um, and spending plan is more reasonable. It's like, where am I going to invest what I'm earning in my, into my family, into my future, uh, into a sense of financial freedom when I get to an age where maybe I'm not as productive as I once was? It's also really important once we figure that out and what you need and what your income is. And, you know, if you're managing to save, you want to be putting money away, you need that six month emergency plan, then I think it's time to start talking to a financial advisor, which I'm not, you know, we do the bookkeeping and the, uh, the money mindset and the helping people to create that spending plan, but you need to speak to a financial advisor. So you know, like what you want to be investing in, you know, what are the best things for you to, where are the best places to put your money these days? And so let's say, every day anyway. let's say you walk, you, a client walks into your door and I bet you this is not unusual, even what I'm going to propose to you. Like, I'm just thinking about where I was before I had my wake up call about, uh, about finances. Um, they walk into your business and not only have they not been looking at what they've been spending, but they might even have a bunch of credit cards. They might not realize that, you know, one card is 25% interest. One card is 10% interest. And that's, they, they've been paying the bare minimum on that. How do you propose they handle, how do you propose they move from that state to the one you were just talking about, which is where you've got uh, let's a three month or six month or a year safety budget, uh, safety budget, safety spending plan budget, whatever. You've got a safety nest so that when, uh, if you lose your job, you're, you have time to look for a new job or whatever crisis might come up. How do you move from I'm so unconscious and I don't even know that I'm spending so much in interest that I don't need to be to being in that place where you're future thinking and you're not paying all that interest and you're actually putting money away for an emergency. emergency the Your emergency fund. Yeah. No. So that's the next thing we do. We'll take a look at all the different credit cards and we'll figure out if they're not paying them off every month, which, you know, I'd highly recommend don't charge it if you can't afford it. When my, my sister was a little girl and uh, she wanted to buy something. My mother might've said we couldn't afford it. She said, just write a check. You know, so I think that's a little bit of a mindset for some people, but anyway, now it's just use a credit card. But so that's the thing that we do. So we take a look at the highest interest rate and we're gonna pay that one off. And then we'll go down to the next one and we'll just keep paying them off until there's no more so credit card. The transition spending plan is, all right, how are we gonna get rid of these things, these, these financial leeches so that we can start taking that money and investing it in our future? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll help clients do that, you know, create a plan for them and help them stick to it. You know, it's easy to create a plan and then it goes out the window next month or next week or in three months. Then what was the point of it? I think, you know, so we don't want to make it too overwhelming and intimidating for people. We want to make it comfortable, something that's in their comfort level that they feel like it's going to work for them. They don't feel restricted. So, yeah. And um, once they get to that point where they're reviewing their finances regularly. They've got all that good stuff going. Um, how do you allow for the, the urge to splurge occasionally, right? There's some people, I've heard it said that we all need to reward ourselves with a little frivolous spending here and there. How do you, how do you plan that in? I think that, you know, one way to do it is take the credit card and put it in a Ziploc baggie with water and put it in the freezer, you know, so it's not as tempting for you. But then we have those numbers memorized in our head. Just, you know, you have to 
accountable to yourself or be accountable to somebody else. If it's a couple, accountability to each other, if you want to grow together, is a good thing. And if you're a single person, you know, maybe help find a buddy or, or talk to us. We can be, help you be accountable. You know, so you need one, accountability. Yeah, one thing you can do if, if you have addictive spending is sort of cut yourself off and keep that option there. But what if, I've heard it said that it's important to reward ourselves every now and then uh, by feeling free to spend a little. So what I'm asking is, how do you do that in a way that isn't going to shock your partner or up, offset your spending plan? How can, I, you I, you plan, know, how can you plan in spontaneous uh, self-reward is what I'm saying. I'm going to go to Robert Graham, my favorite shirt makers, and I'm going to spend a couple of hundred bucks on a shirt just because I did, you know, I did something great and I deserve it. How do, you, how do you plan that in without blowing up your spending plan or falling back into that place where you're where you're cracking the ice on that credit card or whatever. Good idea to plan, put that into your spending plan. Have a little, have X amount of dollars that you feel like you can put away in a place where you're not going to touch it. It's not your emergency fund. It's not your six month fund, but it's, it's part of your budget, your spending plan. You need like, you know what? What if I land a great job or I land a good client or something, or I deserve, you know, I feel like I want to treat myself. I deserve it. Well, I have $200 put away in this little fund that I've been saving for myself that I'm not telling anybody about. It's just for me to spoil myself with or go out and, you know, go to a spa, get a massage, do whatever, you know, turns you on, that type of thing. So that. that's something we need that. to figure in. Yeah, for the so, I mean, I don't do financial planning, but something that I suggest to my clients uh, as they're working through this is that they have, they, usually they're both, honestly, both usually both my clients are working. So they've got their separate income. They've got a joint account where a percentage of what they earn goes into and out of the joint account goes uh, micro money for the stock market, money for food, money for the house. But, and then they've got separate individual accounts where they keep like their individual slush funds. So that's where the, you're going to spend money on hair and clothes and the little lifestyle things that keep you excited. That, and and you, when they do it that way, they're not looking over each other's shoulders saying, it's, if you have all your money in a joint account and you're doing that, it's a lot easier to go, what? You spent $60 at the salon? What? you Or like salon, by the way, that could be the hair salon for men. It's, I'm not saying salon for women. It could be whatever or what. You went to Robert Graham and spent 200 bucks. What? Like if you have it in your, if you have money set aside individually for that, then you're not looking over each other's shoulders. You have permission to spend that money on whatever you want. And there's a sense of individual freedom as well as unified joint freedom. I love that. I always tell clients, you keep your own little separate checking accounts too for your own money, especially if you're both working. Even if you're not working outside the home, if someone is working, one of the partners is working inside the home, you keep your own little slush fund that you can keep for yourself. And then you have your joint account, which is, like I said before, for the fixed expenses, you put your vacation money in there. You know, what are you going to plan? Your trips, all that stuff that you're working towards together, children's expenses, whatever that is. But my grandmother had little envelopes that she put money in for everything, you know, yeah. and she had one for herself. So this is your little envelope for yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah. And what, you know, we do work with couples now where we put, take them through this master plan program. They go through 12 areas of their life and they, they budget. You know, that there are six areas or how am I going to take care of myself? Because if you don't charge your own battery, you meet, if, you're, if you're not at 
as feel as an individual, if you're not resting enough, eating well, taking care of your emotional state, taking care of your intellectual state, taking care of your sense of spirituality or connection, whatever that means to you, your values, your principles, and your sense of purpose and mission. If you don't have those things lined up, it's a lot harder to show up for your partner, for your kids, for your job. You know, so we take them through that. And it seems like what you're talking about, this spending plan, is a great way to make sure that you're taking care of all those areas of your life. Things that we do just briefly is, you know, that on the money mindset part of it, we go back and we look at what are your first, your earliest memories of money, whether it was from a parent, a grandparent, a godparent, whatever that might be, and how can you change that mindset? Maybe, you know, you were treated like a victim, or maybe they, you know, they might have been the martyr, or maybe it was someone that had was foolish and had a gambling problem or another kind of spending problem, even a shopping problem, you know. So we kind of look at that and see, you know, where can we changed your mindset around that because that's what you were brought up with but it's not necessarily the way that you want to continue to be and you want to try to set a good example for the next generation by breaking those habits and creating new ones sweet, and that's sweet. one of the things we work with sweet i love that mindset work uh judith how can people well i mean besides people who are watching the video people on the podcast can't see your website how can people uh, who find you how do they find you how do they engage your services so I'm on my website is judithheft.com, W-W-W-J-U-D-I-T-H-H-E-F as in Frank T.com. I can be reached there. You can find us there. There's a contact us form. Anybody can, you know, we'd love to have you fill it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a newsletter that goes out weekly. I blog weekly. I'm a, I do a lot of videos. I'm starting my own podcast. Maybe you can be a, a guest on mine, Rich. It's going to be Mastering Your Financial Life. So I'm excited to, about that. I'd love to help you with that in any way. We can talk about it after the show because it's, Absolutely. it's a lot easier than anyone would think. And then my next book is coming out in uh, May, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycle. So we talk awesome. about every decade and what you're going to need to know and you know, offer some insight and experience there. So. I love that. I, I love the forward thinking of it. And the question that I ask everyone when we get near the end of the show is, Judith, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? That's like, you know, when, like at your funeral, what are they going to say around your, your casket or your ashes or whatever you choose to do there? It's a gruesome thought. Sorry. <laughs> My passion has really always been helping people. And that's how I started this business, trying to help people. Like I said before, starting with the uh, senior population, the 80 year old plus helping them. But now, of course, I help a lot of younger people too, because they really need to, they need help with the planning and, you know, planning for their future and family. So yeah, that's really my passion. That's really helping people and, you know, getting people, having people become more financially aware. So yeah, I don't know I, if they're going to say that at my funeral, but. <laughs> I'm always amazed at how um, we don't teach kids, like not in elementary school or high school, we, we don't teach them financial literacy. No, it's just, me. Like I had no. to find a book. <laughs> Mistake. I know. I find the same thing. There's some great children's money books out there that I recommended to people. In fact, there's one I'm going to put a plug for somebody else. Money Bunnies by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, and it's really good. It's for young kids teaching them about money and philanthropy and saving. Mike Michalowicz, yeah. the, ultimate, the ultimate grandmother's envelope guy. Exactly. Yeah. Profit I, first. I love his stuff. Use Profit First and recommend it to clients too. It's wonderful. Yeah, it no, changed no, my I, financial picture. I use I use that system rigorously. Change me financially. Yeah. 
That's great. So I want, you know, young people to understand it too. They really need to know when they're young what to do. So they're not waiting until they're in their 50s and 60s to figure this stuff out. Well, that's great. And thank you so much for being on the show. This is really wonderful and informative, and I'm sure that it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you for having me, Rich. It's a pleasure. It's so nice to meet you, and I look forward to keeping in touch. All right.